This is episode 438 with Trina Felberg. And in this episode, we chat about all things oral health, how it's connected to your overall health, and how true health starts in the mouth, plus so much more. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited about this episode because we dive deep into all things oral hygiene. We talk about how digestion starts in your mouth, how to stop things like bad breath, gum disease, receding gums, and so much more. You are going to want your pen and paper out for this episode. And for those of you that have never heard of Trina, she is the creator and CEO of Primal Life Organics, an all-natural skin and dental care company that focuses on the microbiome and oral health as the gateway to internal health. And she believes that the antiseptic products that we use in our mouth and on our skin are doing more harm than good. And after more than 25 years as a registered nurse, she has transitioned into a natural oral and skincare wellness expert. She's also the best-selling author of Beauty's Dirty Secret and has created natural products to biohack your dental health for stronger, cleaner, whiter teeth and improved overall health. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, including her very generous discount on all of her products, head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash 438. Now let's dive in. Trina, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Before we begin, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? For breakfast, I had two hard-boiled eggs because I like to keep it super, super simple. Yes. The simpler the meal, the better you feel. I love it. Exactly. That's exactly what I think. So in 2000, the US Surgeon General said, the mouth is the mirror of health and disease in the body. Not many people think about their oral health when they think of their overall health. Tell us why we need to look at our oral health and why we need to take our oral health seriously for optimal health. I absolutely 100% agree with that statement. Your mouth is the gateway or the gatekeeper to internal health. Your internal health relies on your mouth being healthy because the bacteria inside your mouth is the bacteria that's going to also help formulate the bacteria inside your gut, but it's also going to keep your gatekeeper or your gum tissue healthy, or if it's the wrong bacteria, it's going to create leaky gum syndrome, which is gum disease. And leaky gums is the same thing as leaky gut. And when you get that leaky gum syndrome, the bacteria, the inflammation, the stuff that's not supposed to get in your body can enter through your gum tissue. That can lead to heart disease. It can lead to Alzheimer's. It can lead to infertility. 
diabetes, any inflammatory process. So it's really important to keep your mouth healthy because the rest of your health is dependent upon how healthy your mouth is. Yeah, because the teeth are connected to the meridians in the body, right? Absolutely. Every tooth that you have in your mouth is connected to a specific organ. When you're being developed, so when you're developing in utero, every organ is developing at the same time as a tooth. So there's this connection and we call it the meridian. So it's kind of like acupuncture when they're doing acupuncture or acupressure. But that meridian is a a channel that goes both directions. So it goes from your tooth to your organ or your organ to your tooth. So you can have a problem with an organ and your tooth can be telling you that. You can be getting symptoms in your tooth, not necessarily your organ. And the vice versa is the same. You can have a problem with your organ and be symptomatic with your tooth. You could have a toothache. So it's really important that you keep that pathway open. Anytime that you sever that pathway, either by pulling the tooth or root canals, things like that, you sever that connection and it's a severance that can never be reconnected. And it's interesting when my daughter, at the age of two, she had a molar that erupted that had a natural cavity in it and it developed in utero. And when we took her to the dentist, the dentist took one look at the cavity and said that it was a significant defect he would put a temporary filling in it, but the filling would probably fall out every two months. And every time it fell out, we would determine, is it time to pull the tooth or put another temporary filling in it? When I was walking out, he said, most likely the tooth would only last for about a year. And as I was leaving the dental office, I remember him saying, don't worry, mom, we put a temporary filling in it. Now we just hope for the best. And I thought there is no way this mom is going to hope for the best. So I did my research and I found Dr. Weston A. Price and I developed a whole dental line based off of his research. But what's interesting is I knew the reason I wanted to make sure that her mouth was as healthy as possible is because I knew that if we had to pull that tooth, that connection would be severed and the next tooth that came in might not be as healthy and might have issues. And the organ could also suffer issues that was connected to that tooth long-term. So I really wanted to make sure that her mouth was as healthy as possible. Oh my goodness. So that's how you got into this work. But what were you doing before you created all of these amazing dental products? What did you do before this? Before I started creating all my products, I was a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse since my early 20s. So in the 1990s, I think 1993, I graduated. And then I graduated with a master's degree in anesthesia in 2007. So I'm well-versed in the body. I'm well-versed in the body at the cellular level, what happens behind the scenes, you know. And I'm, I'm a real believer that if your cells aren't healthy, you have to go microscopic. And that involves eating real food and taking care of detoxification and all of those things. Sleep matters. If your cells aren't healthy, it trickles all the way up the line until you start to see and feel the symptoms of cellular damage. So I truly believe that healthy eating, healthy skincare, healthy dental care, keeping your mind healthy, all of those things really play a role. 100%. I wish I grew up with parents that knew this information because I was probably like a lot of other people, just brushed my teeth. I never really thought you had to take that much care. I didn't think it was that big a deal. You know, I would miss one of my teeth brushing sessions. I never flossed. 
And it wasn't until I started getting receding gums that I understood the importance of oral health. I discovered Nadine Artemis and her products and her mouth protocol, and I started doing that. But before that, I would just brush my teeth and be done with it. And I even had a gum graft, which by the way, did nothing, nothing. It was just an expensive procedure that did absolutely nothing. And I've had bleeding gums before. And I know a lot of people think that bleeding gums is normal. But can you tell us receding gums and bleeding gums, what is going on and how do we fix it? Well, let me just tell you, and what you say is 100% true. Most people growing up hear the comment, good health starts inside the mouth. I, I don't know if you've heard that when you were younger. I heard it. I didn't know what it meant. Nobody knows what it means. Like you understand, but you don't really understand what the meaning of it is and the why behind it. So I'm here to tell you the why good health starts inside your mouth. Bleeding gums and bad breath are very common. And we growing up are led to believe that it's normal and it's okay. It's expected. And the honest truth is neither one of them are normal. If you have bad breath, and I'm talking about morning breath, if you wake up with bad breath in the morning, that is a sign that something's out of balance. It's a sign that the bacteria inside your mouth is out of balance and the bad guys are overtaking your mouth, the bad bacteria. There's not enough good bacteria in your mouth. You should not experience bad breath except for when you're dehydrated, slightly dehydrated, or like in instances like this, when I do a lot of speaking or talking, you stop eating or drinking and you're using your mouth repetitively so you can get a little bit of a foul breath. But as soon as you take a sip of water, that should clear that up. You should rehydrate and it should go away. That's really the only time you should have any foul breath. If you suffer from bad breath, it's a sign that if you don't change what's happening with the bacteria inside your mouth, you are on your way to receding gums, gum inflammation, which is gingivitis gum disease, cavities, and internal health issues that are probably even worse because you don't know how to stop it. The stopping it starts inside your mouth. So I always tell people, if you have bleeding gums, they're both reversible. That's the good news. Gum disease, cavities, bad breath, all of it's reversible. All of it is 100% preventable. We aren't told that. It's one, gum disease is 100% preventable. So is cavities, 100% preventable. But if you're using mainstream products, if you're using products that aren't taking care of your mouth, there are three components, which I can get into in a bit, but there are three things that your dental program should be doing or you are at risk for bad breath, gum disease, and then the other problems that come up after that. Yes. I literally removed every toxic product in my entire life in 2010. I got rid of everything, toothpaste, body care products, cleaning products, everything, my food. I did a massive overhaul because I had a health crisis. So I removed all of those toxic toothpastes, the mouthwash, all of those products. I got rid of them all. And then that's when I started to investigate cleaner options and started to really take my oral health seriously. So 
Tell us how we can prevent bleeding gums, receding gums, bad breath, cavities. How can we prevent these things? I have a whole dental detox protocol that I started and it's a complete care for your mouth. And when you're talking about how do you prevent it, prevention and reversal are the same thing. So if you're someone that's listening and says, you know, but I, I'm already there. I already have receding gums. I have sensitive teeth, which by the way, sensitive teeth is basically a cavity in the making. It's just that the sensitivity, the mineral loss, the loss of minerals from the enamel is all over the tooth instead of in one spot. And If it continues, those minerals will continue to leach out of the enamel and you will end up with a cavity. But reversal and prevention are basically the same thing for both of those things. So what you want to do, first of all, it's just like anything else. You just have to stop what's causing it. And what's causing it is as simple as acid, acid inside your mouth. And there's different ways that the acid happens inside the mouth. The first thing is our diet. If you're eating processed foods, if you're eating sugar, and sugar is both natural and artificial sugar. So I'm talking about honey, I'm talking about molasses, I'm talking about cane sugar. It doesn't really matter. Sugar is sugar inside your mouth. I'm not saying get rid of sugar completely because really there's no way to get rid of fruit sugar. You're still going to have that, but you definitely want to get rid of as much sugar as possible. So stop eating the artificial sugar. And fruit sugar, just you know, make sure that your fruit is clean and you're eating healthy amounts of it. So sugar is one thing. The other way acids get inside your mouth is with the foods. Most of our foods are acidic by nature. The acids in the foods come from coffee, tea, the drinks that we're drinking, soft drinks are all acidic by nature. Red meat is acidic by nature. Processed foods are acids. So that's another way when you're eating foods, just be cognizant. Most vegetables are alkaline. So I usually tell people, eat all your acidic foods, healthy and not healthy first. Even if you're eating healthy foods, you want to eat your meat and save some of your vegetables for last because you want to finish with your alkaline foods. The other way is by our dental products. We were talking about dental products. You dish the bad stuff. But believe it or not, the dental products on the market for most companies, for most companies, create more acid in the mouth. They are acidic by nature. Mouthwash that has alcohol in it is creating acid. The tooth powder or toothpaste that have triclosan or sodium lauryl sulfate, they're acidic by nature and they're killing the good bacteria along with the bad. So we really want to ditch the acids as much as possible. You also want to ditch the things that are killing your good bacteria. Like I mentioned, triclosan, alcohol, sodium lauryl sulfate, hydrogen peroxide, artificial ingredients like the artificial sugars, the artificial colors, the artificial flavors, all of those create more acid because they kill your good bacteria inside your mouth. Your good bacteria inside your mouth is alkaline by nature. It only lives in an alkaline environment. If your mouth is continuously acidic, what happens when your mouth is acidic is that the minerals leave your enamel. And the good bacteria can't thrive. And the bad bacteria creates plaque. It only takes about four hours for plaque to develop. Plaque is a biofilm. It's the bacteria creating a house so it can thrive under this hard surface and dive deeper into your gum tissue. It creates this little, I always say what happens in your mouth, your mouth is not Las Vegas. 
what happens in your mouth doesn't stay in your mouth. It travels everywhere inside your body. And what it does is it dives deeper and creates that crevice between your enamel or between your root and your gum tissue. And then it create, it can even get down into your bone tissue. And it, that's when it can cause more inflammation internally because it can get into your bloodstream. So making sure that you're ditching products that contain ingredients that are actually destroying your good bacteria. When your good bacteria is healthy, there's a lot of things that happen. The reverse happens. The bad bacteria can't thrive. So you can actually kill plaque or destroy plaque with an alkaline toothpaste or tooth powder. You can actually decrease your bad breath, get rid of bad breath because the alkaline bacteria doesn't cause bad breath. It actually keeps your mouth fresh. During an alkaline environment, if there are minerals present in your food or the toothpaste or tooth powder you're using, the minerals go back into your enamel and actually strengthen or harden your enamel. We call it remineralization. All of this happens all day long, all day long. So you might have moments where you're acidic, but you've got to have more time when you're alkaline and the minerals have to be present in order to keep your mouth healthy. Wow. Mind blown. Absolutely. So I currently have a wire behind my bottom teeth from braces and it makes it a little bit trickier to remove the plaque from my bottom teeth. And so I go and get a clean at the dentist every six months. And this is a holistic dentist and she doesn't use any chemicals. But I had kind of resided to the fact that, oh, that's just me. I have more plaque on the bottom of my teeth because of the wire. So I can tell you what my customers tell me because I too had a wire. I had braces twice but I no longer do and I haven't since I made my own products. And I know what plaque is. I remember that feeling and I remember that wire. But what my patients or my, my customers tell me when they get their braces off, their dentist or their orthodontist is shocked at how healthy their teeth and their gums are. They don't have any plaque and their teeth aren't worn down. When they remove the braces, their enamel is healthy. And here's why. When you're using a tooth powder or a toothpaste that's formulated the way that I formulated mine based off of Dr. Weston A. Price's research, I say that there's three things that your dental products have to be. First of all, they have to be alkaline for the reasons that I said. If you're brushing with acidic products, you can expect to have acidic problems. We all know that cancer and disease flourishes under acid or acidic environment. The way to kill and get healthier is to become more alkaline and that's less toxic. However that translates for you in your mind, the acids from food, from stress, from not sleeping, from a, an environment that's toxic creates more toxicity. Alkaline, getting the sun, eating vegetables, you know, the alkaline environment can kill an acidic or a, a toxic environment. So the same thing inside your mouth, brushing with something that's alkaline. How do you know if what you're using is alkaline? What I tell people is a natural ingredient that you can look for that signifies the product is alkaline is baking soda. Baking soda is alkaline by nature. And in your tooth powder or your toothpaste, it's going to help keep your pH more alkaline to neutralize all the acids inside your mouth. That way, you're destroying the bad bacteria. Now, bad bacteria, like I said, creates this biofilm of plaque in an acidic environment. 
the way to destroy plaque is to create an alkaline brush with alkaline. So I like to say that with my tooth powder, within a couple brushings, people notice that their plaque is gone, that they have that fresh feeling inside their mouth. And it's because clay is what I typically use with my baking soda. That is alkaline and it destroys plaque. It can actually destroy the bad bacteria and the biofilm of plaque. So you want it to be alkaline, make sure it has baking soda. The second thing that you want to look for in your dental products is that it has minerals in it. If there's no minerals in your dental products, there's no way you are going to put the minerals back in your teeth and strengthen your teeth. And what signifies there's minerals, there's a couple different things. But for me, two things, clay. Clay has a lot of minerals in it. Clay has not just calcium and phosphorus, which are the primary minerals in your teeth, but it also has silica and manganese and other elements or other minerals that are found in your teeth. And the problem with just using something that has calcium and phosphorus in it is that it's a lock-in key phenomena in your enamel. If you lose a manganese mineral because of an acidic environment, you can't replace that and fill that hole in with calcium or phosphorus. It has to be manganese. And clay has manganese, it has silica, it has all the elements or the minerals that your teeth normally contain. Hydroxyapatite is the primary calcium and phosphorus that are found in your teeth. So what I did is I formulated my dental products to have three clays, three different clays, plus hydroxyapatite. So we're covering all the bases while you're brushing your teeth. It's alkaline. So those minerals can then go back into your enamel and help destroy the plaque that's building up or has built up. The last component that must is a very big must for me with dental products. They have to detox. Your mouth is dirty. It's filthy. Think about it. It's probably the one part of your body that is exposed to everything. Radiation. It's exposed to tap water. I call it crap water. Heavy metals and crap water. All of those things get absorbed into the tissues inside your mouth and it's highly vascular. So once it's in your tissues, heavy metals can very easily get into your bloodstream. So heavy metal toxicity is something that you can detox and detox and detox from. But if you're not cleansing your mouth, you're still not shutting off the door. You're not shutting the door to why where they're entering your body at. By doing a clay detox, by brushing with a clay product, you are going to be pulling heavy metals out of your gum tissue along with other things every time you brush your teeth. So when I formulate in my products, I use those three things. Alkaline, must have minerals, and detox your mouth. So baking soda, a blend of three clays with hydroxyapatite is the formula that I use for brushing your teeth with something that's going to create this health instead of create more acid so helpful. We used to make a lot of our own products. We used to make our own toothpaste and our own mouthwash, which I want to talk to you about. And now we use your products, which we absolutely love. Thank you for sending those over. I'm so excited to dive more into all of them. And they're absolutely beautiful. Your dirty mouth powder is so awesome. I absolutely love it. And I love the name, by the way. And all of your products are incredible. But for someone who wants to start a full mouth protocol, where do they begin? That's a great question. And I have a really simple solution because I I knew that it was going to be a challenge for people to try and figure out 
what to do. And I wanted to make it super easy. So I actually put together a dental detox kit and it's a 60 day supply of what you need to keep or get your mouth healthy and then keep it healthy. Morning and nighttime tooth powder. The difference is that the morning one is my standard formula, which is the three clays, the baking soda, and then the essential oil for flavor and for its antimicrobial and antibacterial properties. But the nighttime formula has charcoal in it. So you brush at night with charcoal and charcoal is more detoxifying. Most people, what I recommend is you don't even swish. You brush, you spit, and you're done. And that way, that leaves that clay or the charcoal at night in your mouth to actually pull more toxins and do more of a detox. And the reason I suggest using the clay at night is because the charcoal is obviously black. So it'll leave that black remnants between your teeth. And in the morning, you don't really want to go outside and have black teeth. But at nighttime, you can go to bed and it's super easy. And and then you're kind of detoxing your tissue. The other things that it contains, it contains a gum serum. So ditching mouthwash is probably the one of the things that you can do to improve your health the most because most mouthwashes on the market are formulated incorrectly. They're formulated to kill all bacteria. And when they're killing your good bacteria, you're just setting yourself up for disaster because it's going to take 24 to 72 hours to start to rebuild your good bacteria. And if you're using mouthwash once a day, you've never established a good bacterial count, which is why mouthwash is set up to cause inflammation and not stop it. So my mouthwash is made with a base of olive oil. It's not really a mouthwash. It's a a gum serum. So it's an oil base. It's olive oil. Olive oil is great. It's amazing for your gum tissue. It's soothing, it's healing, but it's a great medium to allow other things to be able to enter and heal your gums faster. So I blend it with 11 essential oils. The essential oils help increase blood flow, reduce inflammation, and help with the bacteria. Essential oils at the concentrations that I put in there will not kill your good bacteria, but will help destroy your bad bacteria. So it's really important. I also have in there a 60-day supply of floss picks. I am an eco-conscious, eco-friendly company. So all of my packaging reflects that. My dental defloss picks are made from cornstarch. So the picks themselves are biodegradable and will, in a landfill, biodegrade. And then it's a bamboo string that you'll be flossing with that is infused with charcoal to help detox between the gum tissue or between the teeth. You'll also get my bamboo toothbrush, which is biodegradable as well. The bristles are infused with charcoal to help detox even better. And you'll also receive a tongue scraper that's made from copper. And if you take care of your tongue scraper, it will last you a lifetime. You'll never have to replace it. Scraping your tongue is probably one of the things that will drastically improve your health because the biofilm that is on your tongue is creating acids. And if you don't scrape your tongue, you're letting that bacteria just build up, build up and create that acidic environment. By scraping it, you're getting rid of that bacteria. And then you're also allowing your taste buds to come back to life. So your food will taste so much better. And then having better breath. You'll have better breath because you're just getting rid of that bad bacteria. And then lastly, I throw in a detoxing deodorant because in my talking with customers, 
The second area where most people don't realize that their skincare products are destroying their health is their deodorant. And I really wanted to be able to provide a deodorant that was going to not only help prevent odor, reduce your wetness feel, but also stimulate lymphatic drainage and detox your pits. So I give you a, it's like a 60 day supply of our detoxing deodorant as well. And it's called my dental detox kit. And I can give you the link for your listeners that will actually allow them to save off of all the kits that they need to purchase. That would be amazing. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. And I'm curious, your charcoal paste that you recommend at nighttime, will that stain your teeth? Like I know lots of people might be thinking, okay, am I going to have black teeth forever now? Like, is this going to stain our teeth? What's really interesting is charcoal whitens your teeth and so does clay, but it's a twofold answer. I like it when this happens, but I hate it because of the the customer feels like it's not working. I always tell people, you want to start with the white formula and use it in the morning because that's going to help remineralize your teeth, especially when you're just changing over to my program. But charcoal will bind to the holes. So when you've lost minerals, it leaves little pits in your enamel. And if your pits are deep enough, the charcoal can actually get stuck in the pits and some people will email us and go, You're, it's not working. My teeth look like they look darker. And what we tell them is, okay, stop using the charcoal for about three to five days. Only brush with the white formula. Once you refill in or remineralize those pits, then the charcoal won't bind to them and your teeth will actually get whiter. But I love the fact that the charcoal will actually show you that you do have pits because you can't see them on your enamel. You can't, when you're looking at your teeth, you don't see these microscopic tiny little holes. But when the charcoal is stuck in there, you're like, oh my gosh, I guess I do have pits in my teeth. So once you remineralize your teeth, which doesn't take long when you're using my formula because I've formulated it correctly, then the charcoal actually just whitens and the charcoal won't get stuck in there forever. You know, usually it comes out and your teeth don't always look like the grayish. It can leave like a grayish look. But I usually tell people if that happens, that's why I want you to do it at night. If you notice that that's happening, then just don't brush with the charcoal at night. Brush twice a day with the white formula for about three to five days. And that should be resolved within that amount of time. Okay. And so the biofilm that lives on our tongue and in our mouth What role does it play in the oral microbiome and then the connection between the gut? The connection between the gut and the microbiome inside the mouth is, I like to tell people, if you've heard about nitric oxide, nitric oxide is a key component of health because it does so many positive things for the body. It's vasodilatory. So when you're talking about something that's going to increase the circulation because it's going to make the vessels go from a small diameter to a larger diameter. When that happens, you have more nutrient delivery, you have more oxygen delivery, but you also have better detoxification capabilities. So think about heart health. We often signify nitric oxide with heart health because the more blood flow the heart gets, the better it can pump. Anyone that has constricted vessels understands what happens when you have less oxygen going to the heart. Nitric oxide also plays a key component in erectile dysfunction for both men and women. We don't think about it as a woman's health issue, but it really is. So nitric oxide, you need things to vasodilate to, you know, make things work properly. So nitric oxide is a key component for that pregnancy, sleep, stress, 
digestion, nitric oxide is a key component in a lot of things. In order to produce nitric oxide, the bacteria in the mouth and the gut have to be healthy because nitric oxide, if you study the cycle of how it's made, your saliva plays a role, your microbiome inside your mouth plays a role, and the gut microbiome plays a role. If any of those are off balance, nitric oxide completely diminishes. And then the rest of everything that I talked about can suffer. You can end up with heart disease and chest pain, difficulty breathing. You can have infertility, erectile dysfunction, brain fog, all sorts of things. So the mouth microbiome is extremely important in nitric oxide production. Yeah, absolutely. And what about amalgam fillings? I know so many people are getting these removed by an incredibly talented dentist. Can we just leave them in? Are they really harming us? Talk to me about that because my mother still has these in her mouth. So I would love to hear your thoughts about amalgam fillings and what they're actually doing to us. Amalgam fillings are pretty dangerous. It's probably one, I mean, it's a toxin and it's inside your body. It's always leaching or typically with different foods that you're eating or even dental products that you're using can cause the heavy metals to leach into your body. Your salivary glands are right there. Think of all the structures you're breathing in air, oxygen. You know, I always like to tell people that your mouth, your nose, and your sinuses are connected. They're all connected. So whatever's in your mouth can ends up in your nose and ends up in your sinuses. And if it's in your nose, you're breathing that in. So heavy metals, the amalgam fillings really need to be removed. They need to be replaced and they need to be done by a dentist, usually a biological dentist that understands how to do them safely. The other thing, when I talk about dental products, a lot of dental products contain hydrogen peroxide. Teeth whitening systems contain hydrogen peroxide. If you look on YouTube for the smoking tooth, search for the smoking tooth video. It's a video, a high def video of hydrogen peroxide on an amalgam filling. And you can see the amalgam or the mercury filling actually vaporizing. So when you're brushing with a toothpaste or using a mouthwash or whitening your teeth with something that contains hydrogen peroxide, every single time it's inside your mouth, if you have amalgam fillings, it is vaporizing or leaching toxins into your body. I created an alternative for a teeth whitening system that uses both red and blue LED lights for different reasons, but the gel that I created is peroxide-free. And it's meant to whiten your teeth differently than peroxide. Peroxide, if I want to, let's get into how your why your teeth can look dingy in the first place. The layer beneath your enamel is your dentin. So as your enamel thins, as you get older, if you're not using the right dental products, if you're not remineralizing your teeth, your enamel gets thin and you can start to see your dentin through it. Your dentin is bluish, grayish, or yellowish in color. The thinner your enamel, the more off-white your teeth look. And peroxide fixes that by removing or dehydrating your dentin. Your dentin is fluid-filled. It has some minerals in it. It has antimicrobial, antibacterial properties to it for obvious reasons. You don't want your internal structures of your teeth to get infected. But 
in order for peroxide to whiten your teeth, it removes the fluid. Now that fluid serves a couple purposes besides being antimicrobial. It also is your cushion because underneath your dentin is your nerves and your blood vessels. Every bite that you take, if your dentin isn't healthy, hurts because your nerves, you would feel it. So it's your shock absorber. So peroxide dehydrates your dentin. It pulls the fluid out. The reason that that does that to whiten your teeth is because if it pulls the fluid out, your teeth, your dentin will be more opaque. It will be more clear and your teeth will appear more white. So when that happens, your teeth, the structure of your tooth becomes weaker because you've just pulled the fluid, the shock absorber out and dehydrated it. So what I did is I wanted to reverse engineer whitening your teeth, but doing it from the outside. I want to strengthen your enamel. The thicker your enamel, the whiter your teeth. Your enamel is the whitest part of your teeth. If I thicken it, you won't see your dentin and we can erase stains pretty easily off your teeth. Charcoal does that. Uh, Blue light will also do that, which is what I use on my teeth whitening system. And clay does that very well and some essential oils. So basically that's what I did. I created a gel that is peroxide-free. It's an olive oil base, so it's going to be soothing to your gums. Even if you have sensitive teeth and gum disease, it's not going to hurt your teeth or your gums. It contains two different clays to rebuild and remineralize your teeth, thicken your enamel, and it also contains the essential oils for your gum tissue health, for your microbiome, and also to whiten your teeth. The blue light helps to kill the bad bacteria. When we were talking about the microbiome, it's interesting. They've done studies. Harvard did some studies. Bad bacteria, the bacteria that causes gum disease, the bacteria that causes bad breath has a heme molecule, like a little red or heme molecule in it. And what kills that heme molecule is blue light. Shining blue light on bad bacteria actually kills it. So by using blue light inside the mouth, light therapy is incredible because it doesn't just sit at the surface. It doesn't hit the surface. It actually can penetrate. So think about that. If you have gum pockets, the pockets between your teeth, your root and your gum tissue, if there's bacteria in there, when you're brushing, when you're flossing, you might not get to it, but blue light might be able to penetrate. And if you can kill the bacteria with blue light, it's super easy, doesn't hurt. And it's very effective. So blue light will help to remove stains. It helps to keep the gel to work more efficiently, but it will also kill the bad bacteria. Red light, the red light is there for your gum tissue health. It increases blood flow. It stimulates collagen production, which is extremely important in the thickness and the health of your gum tissue, just like your skin. And it reduces inflammation. So by stimulating blood flow, you're going to help increase oxygen and nutrient delivery and detoxification can happen much better. And then it's going to stimulate or reduce the inflammation, which is extremely important in healing your gums and reducing the amount of inflammation that gets internalized into your body, into your blood system. Once inflammation gets into your body, it starts a whole cascade, the inflammatory process. And that's why gum disease is linked to everything because that inflammatory process, it probably goes to the weak spots. So if you're someone who is having, you know, a plaque buildup in your arteries of your heart, that inflammatory process is just amplified 
um, in your heart or in your pancreas or in, you know, fertility or in your brain. So you really want to stop that process. And red light therapy is a really good way to amplify that. So I can also give you the link where they can save actually 60% off of my teeth whitening system. Yes, that would be amazing. And everything in the body is connected. That's why just ripping a tooth out is not the solution. You have to get to the root, like pardon the pun, the root cause of what is actually going on in the mouth and in the body as a whole. My husband has been doing the red and blue light for a few months now. And I haven't tried it yet, but I am completely sold. And I will be starting your 60-day protocol today because I don't want my receding gums to get any worse. And I know that there's some work for me to do in this area. And I am really inspired. So thank you for that. So I just want to tell you, yes, most people have receding gums and it starts in your 20s. Most people aren't aware of it until they're in their 30s because that's when they it becomes noticeable. And as long as you stop the process, it takes a while. It's more difficult for gums to regenerate, but it can happen. And the reason it's more difficult is because of the acidic environment that your mouth can be in. But when people are serious about regenerating their gums, I always start them on my dental detox kit and then the red light therapy or the LED teeth whitening system because of the red light therapy, which will actually increase and stimulate it and help the healing process happen quicker. Yes. Okay. Great. I definitely need to do this. Okay. So you mentioned bad breath linked to dehydration. Is dry mouth also linked to dehydration? Absolutely. Dry mouth is linked to a lot of things and it's really a reduction in your saliva. So what we have to understand is your saliva is, I always say it's the secretion no one's talking about. It's probably the one of the most important secretions of your body, mainly because if you know the functions of the saliva, it's imperative. Without saliva, you probably wouldn't be able to survive. Your saliva is your first line of defense. It's your immune system. It contains antimicrobial, antibacterial, antiviral, antiviral components. Like you're supposed to kill viruses inside your mouth with your saliva. Once you swallow it, so if your saliva can't function normally or you're not producing enough saliva, you have to stop and realize that everything in your mouth, you swallow. Unless you spit all day long, your saliva is trapping everything. And when it's trapped, it's supposed to kill the stuff that you don't want to survive into your stomach. If you have acids in your mouth, your saliva isn't alkaline enough to do its job. It's neutral. So it's supposed to neutralize acids, but the problem is because of our diet and our dental products, our mouth is too acidic for our saliva to actually protect us. And when you're swallowing the bad bacteria all day long, along with viral components and other things, fungus, molds, all of that stuff that you're breathing in all day, or that's in the foods that we don't realize it's contaminated with, your gut doesn't have the same properties in it to kill it because the place to kill it is inside your mouth. As humans, we are the only mammals that have digestive enzymes in our saliva. So your saliva is supposed to start your digestion, which starts inside your mouth. So if your saliva isn't healthy or you're not hydrated enough, or sometimes it's medication related, some medications reduce the amount of saliva you make. If you're pregnant, pregnant women that's one of the reasons you need to stay hydrated when you're pregnant is because you want to continue to be able to produce the saliva so that you can replace the minerals and start 
digestion inside your mouth for your baby that you're developing. So your saliva is extremely important. Making sure you're hydrated is probably the key component for keeping your saliva healthy. Not to mention, you know, with all the digestive health issues people are suffering from, you have to understand that almost every digestive issue results in malabsorption syndrome, meaning you might be eating healthy food, you might be taking good supplements, but even if you're ingesting them, you're not absorbing everything that you should be absorbing. And when you're malabsorbing food, your saliva is priority for your body. It's a low priority. Your heart is number one. Obviously, your lung and your brains, those are all priority. So the minerals and and the things that you need for your body to survive are prioritized to be sent to those organs. Your saliva then becomes even more depleted. So the mineral content of your saliva when you have malabsorption syndrome is low. When you're pregnant, The other component of this is when you're pregnant, you're producing a human that is basically robbing you or stealing you, stealing, uh, we call it a parasite, you know, your, your baby is a parasite. It's taking everything from you, including your minerals. When this happens over the course of nine months, because this parasite has to develop their own. And I don't, I say that in a loving term. I have three children. So I don't mean parasite in a bad way. I just call it that because they're stealing everything from mom, which mom is more than happy because they want baby to be born with bone and teeth. It's Those are structures that are really important. But during this nine month time, mom becomes depleted. And if you have digestive issues on top of that, you're not absorbing everything. So at the end of nine months, mom's saliva is pretty depleted. And a lot of moms end up with cavities, gum disease, bad breath. They end up with all these issues inside their mouth because of the fact that their saliva has been depleted of all the components that it needs to have. Right. Okay. What about morning breath? I know there is people that have all day bad breath and that's what we've been talking about. But are you saying that we should wake up and our mouth is as fresh as daisies? I can't tell you the last time I had bad breath in the morning. And that's one of the things that people that start on my program, that's one of the first things they realize. Once they realize it, it might take you a little while and be like, oh my gosh, I don't remember the last time I had morning breath. Oh yeah, it was before I started the program. Your mouth should not be foul. The foul taste comes from the bad bacteria. So every once in a while you may end up and like I said it's it's when you're usually dehydrated. If you, you know, spent the night drinking more than you should and you're dehydrated, you ate the wrong food or overate or overate. Yeah, there are moments when you might have foul breath or wake up in the morning with more of a foul breath. But on average, if you're eating healthy, using the right products, you should not wake up and go, oh, I can't kiss you yet. I've got to go do my mouthwash and I got to go do all these other things to make sure my mouth is healthy or tastes good. You should wake up and be like, oh, I can give you a kiss. I don't have to cover my mouth. I'm good. And by the way, what doesn't help the situation is all the mask wearing. When you're covering your mouth with a mask, a face mask, every day, all day. And even if it's just for four hours or eight hours, um, I don't know what it's like in Australia right now. And if you're required to wear masks, but if you are someone who is required to wear a mask, and I know even in, in the operating room, when I was a nurse anesthetist, I look back and I, I think, oh my gosh, my mouth was so unhealthy and it was related to my mask. 
that rebreathing of your own air causes an increase in acid inside your mouth. So all of the mask wearing actually amplifies all of the bad stuff inside your mouth. So even when you are doing the healthy stuff, you might notice that your mouth isn't as healthy. And the worst thing you can do is chew gum and take breath mints because most of them don't contain anything that's going to make your mouth healthy. The best thing you can do is air your mouth out as much as possible. Pull that mask away from you. Get it away from your mouth. Take fresh brush through your nose. Nose breathe. Do not mouth breathe. Nose breathe and drink more water than you normally would because that's air, that rebreathing is dehydrating you. So you need to stay extra hydrated when you have to wear a mask. And drink clean, filtered water, not crap water, like you said before. And talk to me about nose breathing. This is so important. If you notice that you are a mouth breather, we want to get you to nose breathe. Tell us why that's so important and how we can switch from being a mouth breather to a nose breather. Nose breathing. So let me put it this way. If you're breathing through your nose, you are putting your body in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your relaxation state. If you're mouth breathing, you are putting your body in sympathetic, which is your fight or flight, which is your stress, which is when your all of your stress hormones go up, way up. One of the best ways to calm yourself is deep breaths through your nose because then you are putting your body in that parasympathetic nervous system state. The other thing with nose breathing is you are going to belly breathe. It's very hard to breathe into your chest when you are nose breathing. And you can play around with this, just test it out. And when you breathe through your mouth, you're breathing with your shoulders and you're breathing out with your chest. What happens when you mouth breathe, sympathetic state and breathe into your shoulders and chest is that nitric oxide, which is what we talked about earlier, the good stuff, is heavier than air or oxygen. And nitric oxide goes to the bottom of your lungs. So if you're always breathing through your mouth and you're in sympathetic fight or flight state, your nitric oxide is sitting at the bottom of your lungs and you're never, never circulating that. So mouth breathing is extremely horrible for the body. Nose breathing is going to allow you to belly breathe. Belly breathing is going to bring your lungs down and it's going to circulate the nitric oxide. It's actually going to prevent the nitric oxide from pooling at the bottom of your lungs and it's going to allow you to circulate the nitric oxide as you're producing it. The best way to put yourself into the nose breathing by habit, because a lot of us sit tensed up, fight or flight, and we're mouth breathing and we don't know it, is to take the tip of your tongue and practice keeping it up behind your teeth, right at the roof of your mouth. So you want the tip of your tongue resting at the top of your mouth with your jaw open, your teeth not touching. That is a relaxed jaw state. That is a breathing through the nose state. And if you can practice that, that will automatically allow you to belly breathe and put you into that parasympathetic state. Mm, I love it. I have, as we record this, my daughter is around nine months. And one of the first things my osteo and my chiro and my lactation consultant said to me were, is she a mouth breather? And 
making sure that every time I was I was watching her while she sleeps, that she was breathing through her nose. And anytime she had her mouth open, I would just gently lift her chin and close her mouth. So what I actually do every night, and I would love to get your perspective on this, is I tape my mouth. Now, what are your thoughts on taping your mouth? I tape my mouth every night. And the main reason is for that exact reason is because you want to make sure your nose breathing. The other thing, especially with children and what the tongue at the roof of the mouth actually does, besides the fact that it's supporting your palate and your structures so that your mouth is actually the structure of it is correct. It can actually help prevent snoring or eliminate snoring for people that do snore. But when children suck their thumb, the sucking motion, and it's actually the touching of the thumb at the roof of the mouth. So when they're sucking, think about what they're doing. They're pushing on a spot right behind their teeth. That spot is a spot on your mouth that puts you in the parasympathetic nervous system. It's the So soothe. that's why they do it. It soothes, it soothes them. So that's why they suck their thumb is because it's soothing for them. So the way adults mimic that is what I told you, put your tongue and push it to the roof of your mouth. And that is soothing you, which is then going to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system. And you're going to nose breathe. Wow. So I sucked my thumb as a child and I ended up having to get braces twice. But yeah, I notice that kids will do it just before bed or as they're just laying down, like that's their little thing. But I didn't realize it's because it's so soothing. And that's the same thing that dummies or pacifiers do. They mimic that soothing quality, which the child is wanting. Absolutely. And even as adults, we don't suck our thumb and we've gotten out of that. And when you're clenching your teeth, when your teeth are clenched, so if you're someone who's a tooth clencher and you know, even at night, if you're clenching your teeth and your teeth are together, you cannot breathe through your nose. You're, you're, when you breathe through your nose, but that clenching of the jaw is putting you in the sympathetic nervous system. That's why you want to practice the tongue up. You want to practice your jaw relaxing and nose breathing. And you want to stop sighing. You don't want to sigh through your mouth. You want to take those breaths through your nose. So you cut down on the, <gasps> you want to take that breath through your nose. And in yoga, they get you to put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. And what that actually does is it connects all of the meridians in your body. It's like a circuit. So that energy can circulate through your whole body. Here's an interesting fact. And a lot of people suffer from bad posture. What most people don't realize is the one muscle in your body that dictates your posture is your tongue. The position of your tongue dictates your head posture. So by practicing, I call it my tongue push-ups, by practicing with your tongue, pushing it to the roof of your mouth. If you do that right now, you'll notice that your head actually becomes an alignment instead of that forward head. And you know that looking down that cinch in your neck, it actually elongates the back of your neck when you do that tongue push-up. By keeping your tongue at the roof of your mouth, it's going to put your head in proper alignment over time. And you actually can feel that all the way down your spine. Wow. That is so fascinating. Okay. I have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. I'm ready. I don't know if you'll be able to do these in rapid fire, but let's just see how we go. 
how many times should we brush our teeth a day? Should we brush after every meal? So three times or is morning and night enough? I'm happy if you do it twice a day. If you do it more often, just as long as you're using the right product. So I guess the key here is if you're brushing with the wrong products, once a day is probably best. (laughs) If you're brushing with the right products twice a day or three times is better, but twice a day with the right products. Okay. Flossing once a day, twice. What are your thoughts? Again, if I can get you to do it once a day, I'm happy. Twice a day is bonus. And I tell you in the morning, brush first before you floss. And at nighttime, you want to floss first before you brush. Oh, okay. I wasn't doing that. At nighttime, I would always brush and then floss. I usually say, remember breakfast, brush first. So you want to brush, then floss. And at nighttime, you want to floss first. In the morning, and really this is if you're using the right product. So if, you ha- if you're using a product that's alkaline with clay and it's got some great you know, antimicrobial properties to it, when you brush first in the morning, you're going to have some of your dental products still left, your toothpaste or tooth powder. And if you don't spit or you spit but don't rinse, when you're flossing, you're going to be flossing that good stuff between your teeth to get rid of stuff, you know, to, to get that stuff between your teeth where it's harder to get to. So you want to brush first, breakfast, brush first, floss second. At night, you want to reverse that because at all day you've been eating, you want to get rid of the junk between your teeth. So the reason to floss at night is to get rid of the stuff and then you brush to make it clean so that if you can get anything in there with your brush, it's going to get in there. It's not going to be jammed with food. Absolutely. And tongue scraping twice a day, once a day. Again, if I can get you to do it once a day, I'm happy twice a day is your bonus. (laughs) Okay. I have a water pick. What are your thoughts on water picks? And I now know your thoughts on hydrogen peroxide. And what we used to do was put some hydrogen peroxide, salt, and baking soda in our water pick, and we would floss with that. Tell me what your thoughts are on that combination and on water picks. The salt and baking soda is great in a water pick. I love that. Water picks are amazing, but they do not replace flossing. So many people get their water and say, oh, now I don't have to floss because this is better. No, you got to do both. And you want to water pick, then floss. So wherever it is in your, you know, if you're brushing, flossing, you'll brush, water pick, floss, or you'll water pick, floss, brush. So throw it in there, but it doesn't replace flossing at all. Okay. Commercial whitening products, the dentist ones. No, big no, no. Yeah. Okay. Big no, no. Normal toothbrush versus an electric toothbrush. What's better? I like both. Although the sonic toothbrushes work differently. So the reason I like both is because you're going to brush differently with both. With a sonic toothbrush, and we just came out with a, a bamboo sonic toothbrush, the head of the, what you throw away every three months and put back on the head of the toothbrush on the Sonic is biodegradable bamboo. So what most people don't realize is plastic toothbrush end up in landfills for over 500 years. It takes 500 years for a plastic toothbrush to biodegrade. Every human, if they're using a new toothbrush every three months, that's a lot of plastic in landfills. So my brush head and my toothbrushes are all bamboo. Bamboo biodegrades in six months. So just being eco-conscious about that, you know, start using bamboo. It's a great, great tool. But the sonic vibration, if you're using it correctly, you are letting the, the toothbrush do all of the work. 
a manual toothbrush, you brush up and down, not circle, not side to side. It's an up and down motion that will help get rid of the dirt and the grime and the gross stuff in your gum tissue without hurting your gums. The back and forth isn't really going to get rid of all the bacteria. And we're so used to doing a back and forth. And it's actually like, think about just sawing away at your gum tissue. So you want to go up and down on a manual toothbrush, not too hard. Make sure your toothbrush is soft. Never use anything other than a soft bristle toothbrush, or you are probably going to be creating your own gum recession. So you want to make sure it's soft. Sonic toothbrush, you literally let it do the work for you. You hold it on each tooth for, you know, I say a count of three to five, one, two, three, move it. One, two, three, move it. One, two, three. You want it to be on your gum tissue and on your tooth. So kind of like that same thing. And you don't move it like up and down or anything. You move it, let it vibrate. It's the sonic vibration. It's breaking up plaque. It's stimulating blood flow in your gum tissue. And when you're moving it, you're not getting those effects. It's holding that vibration as opposed to moving it up and down. You're, when you're holding it against you, you can feel the vibration much better than if you're moving it. So just let the sonic toothbrush. So most of my customers will use a manual toothbrush in morning or night and the opposite at morning and night and do it both ways. So is that the ultimate to do one maybe in the morning and the other in the evening? So you're getting that difference? I like to do that. That's what I like to do. And that's what a lot of people like to do. But some people just love the Sonic toothbrush. So they just do Sonic. And I usually say, you know what, whatever works for you. If I can get you brushing twice a day, I don't care what, you know, as long as you're using the right tools, use whichever one you you like the most. So with a electric toothbrush, we just hold it on the tooth and we move around and then we go on the inside. And with a manual toothbrush, you go up and down, up and down, up and down. Should you go up to down and then up to down, like just keep going up to down so that you're not pushing the gums up or or down if you're on the bottom? Up and down motion. You go both directions because your gums are up and down. So you're going to just be going up and down for both. You're going to be massaging on the way down of the upper and cleaning when you're at the down point. And then when you reverse it, you're going to be more of the massaging and then the cleaning of the upper. Okay. And you said three months we need to replace either the electric toothbrush head or the other toothbrush, is that necessary? And how can we clean them thoroughly in between? So once a week, I will put my electric toothbrush head and my husband uses a manual toothbrush. I put them in the dishwasher. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. And I put my tongue scraper in the dishwasher to give it a really, really good clean. And by the way, we use non-toxic cleaning products in there as well. I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but do we need to throw them out after every three months? And how do we clean them in between? Because yeah, they are really dirty. Yeah, you do want to replace them every three months because the bristles themselves can change. The composition, the stiffness, or you know how the bristle actually functions can change over time. So three months is usually what most dental products recommend, toothbrushes recommend. I usually say two to three months. And it really just depends on how often you're brushing. If you're brushing three times a day, you probably want to replace it more at the two month. If you're brushing twice a day, you can go to the three month. The main thing is for cleanliness, putting in the dishwasher is great or fine, except if you're using bamboo. 
So you don't want to put bamboo because bamboo contracts and expands. And if it expands during heat, the bristles will fall out. So you don't, if you're using a bamboo toothbrush, you definitely don't want to use hot water. You just want to use cool or cold water and you wouldn't want to put it in a, uh, in a dishwasher. What I like to usually tell people is with my clay-based tooth powders, nothing grows in clay. So brushing with the clay-based tooth powders is actually auto-cleaning your toothbrush as well. My biggest thing that I tell people, the biggest takeaway is for anyone whose bathroom is designed where your toilet is within six feet of your where you brush your teeth and where your toothbrush sits all day, you want to find a home for your toothbrush that's covered. So in a drawer or in a cabinet or six feet away, because every time you flush your toilet, they have studied the spray from your toilet is go six feet in the air and that's six feet all the way around. So, you know, this is disgusting, but we've done posts on, are you brushing with poo? Because if your toothbrush is next to your toilet or within six feet and the lid isn't down, you are literally spraying your toothbrush with whatever's in that toilet with every flush. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is, is make sure that your toothbrush is put away in in some sort of cabinet or drawer if you're close to the toilet. Great tip. We made up a hydrogen peroxide and essential oil spray to spray on our toothbrush after we use it to clean it. But if we're using your products, we don't necessarily need to do that. Is that correct? You don't have to. And Ozone or anything like that is also okay to spritz it with. Essential oils, those types of things are good to just spritz it with. Either, I usually say before you brush is usually good, but I mean, you don't necessarily have to, unless you're really concerned, you know, your toilet's close or anything like that. Your mouth is pretty amazing, especially when it's healthy. Your mouth is designed to auto detox. And your body's really, and really my goal for all of my customers is to get your mouth and with my other products, whatever the focus is, your skin, your, your pits, your mouth to function the way it's supposed to, to function normally. Because when your body, your organ, whatever is functioning normal, it can destroy the bad stuff. It can fight infection. It can fight disease. That stuff isn't stressing it out because it's healthy. So the goal of my products is to help your mouth function the way it's supposed to. And then ultimately that just leads to better health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oil pulling. I used to do it with coconut oil every morning. Does it work? What are the benefits? Is it something you recommend? It does work, but you have to do it for 20 minutes. Oil pulling, it's great. I've never been a big proponent of it. And I'll tell you why in a second, but it does work. It's done to detox the mouth, whiten the teeth, help the microbiome, but you have to do it 20 minutes. And if you don't do it for 20 minutes, you're not really getting all the benefits. So that's usually the pain point. 
it takes 20 minutes. The better thing to oil pull, because most people use coconut, the better thing to oil pull with is olive oil. Olive oil is actually better, but it doesn't taste good. Most people will not swish olive oil in their mouth. If you've ever done like um, the gallbladder cleanse where you have to drink olive oil, it's horrible. Olive oil like in a salad is amazing, but when you have to swallow olive oil or swish it around in your mouth, it's actually disgusting. So here's my answer, a short answer. What if I told you, you could get the benefits of oil pulling, actually better benefits than just oil pulling in two minutes? What would you say? Yes, please. So what's really cool is my clay tooth powder, clay toothpaste blended with my gum serum. The clay tooth powder does the exact same thing that 20 minutes of oil pulling do. But clay tooth powder, brushing your teeth for two minutes, does it in two minutes. And it's just as effective, actually probably more effective because clay binds. It's an ionic bond to toxins. So while you're brushing and your mouth is full of this clay tooth powder, every every part of your tissue has toxins in it. The clay will bind to the toxin. It's an ionic bond. It's super strong. As soon as clay, this is why people ingest clay, because if you think about it, if you ingest clay and it binds to a toxin in your mouth, will that toxin still be bound all the way through your digestive and and eliminated? Yes, because it's an ionic bond. So the minute you're brushing and clay binds to a toxin, it's not letting go. You spit it out, or even if you swallow it, that toxin is going to be eliminated from your body. And coconut oil isn't like that. It's going to help get rid of toxins, but in a different way. So you can brush with dirty mouth tooth powder for two minutes and eliminate, you know, people get upset. They're like, yeah, but you're saying don't olive oil or oil pull. I'm not saying don't do it. If you love swishing your mouth with coconut oil for 20 minutes, please do. But just know that if you'd rather do something in two minutes and get it done, the clay detox dental products actually are more effective in my opinion. My gum serum is made with the olive oil. So putting that on with the essential oils is the nourishing factor. After you detox with the clay tooth powder or toothpaste, you actually have a cleaner slate. You got your tissues clean and you put the olive oil with the essential oils on it and it's absorbed very quickly. Mm, amazing. What do we do if we have reluctant teenagers or kids that we want to get on board with this? How can we inspire them? First off, if mom and dad aren't doing it and their heart's not in it, neither will the kids. So you really have to do it yourself and let them see. And for the most part, you have to understand the psychology of children Kids want to do what adults do. They will mimic you. We all know this. You say one bad word and they will repeat it. (laughs) If you're doing something, they will mimic you for everything. So just by using it, you don't even have to say a word. If you brush with it, they're going to be like, what is that? Why is that different? And they're going to want to do what you're doing, especially for teenagers and younger children. Younger little kids what I tell parents is one of the coolest things you can do with the powder is show them when they start to brush their teeth with my powder, the powder's white because you don't want to use the black on them. And I do make a bubble gum formula that's really good. It's sweetened with monk fruit. So monk fruit's an antioxidant. So it's actually healthy to brush your teeth with, but it tastes like a fruity bubble gum. And what you want to do is show them how white the powder is. And you can do this for yourself before you have them do it. Show them how white the powder is, brush your teeth and say, I want to see how much dirt I had or how dirty my teeth were and my mouth was, and then spit. 
And when you spit or when clay gets wet, it automatically gets darker. It looks like almost like a mud. And so when you spit, you go, oh my gosh, look how much dirt I got off my teeth. Do you want to try it? Let's see how dirty your teeth are. And kids love that kind of stuff. So then you, that also teaches them to spit. Now my dental products are made with all food grade clays. And I, you know, we do tell you to spit because you don't want to swallow the toxins if you don't have to. But if you do swallow it, it's actually safe to swallow for kids. There's nothing that's going to harm them. But that is a good way to get them to spit to see how dirty their teeth were. And what age do we have to start brushing their teeth? So my daughter has two little teeth that have popped through on the bottom. Should I be brushing them now? I always tell moms it's never too early because a toothbrush is going to massage their gums and stimulate blood flow. So I usually tell moms, just give them a toothbrush to play with. Like, you know, instead of a pacifier, give them a toothbrush as long as it's a healthy toothbrush, you know, like the bamboo ones are great and just let them gnaw on it, chew on it. And they will ultimately massage their own gums. And of course you don't want to leave them with it. You want to monitor them because in case for some reason a bristle pops out or falls out or something like that, you just want to make sure you're with them. But for one or two minutes, just, you know, and you can put a little bit of um, the gum serum on it. You can put a little taster of the tooth powder on it, which will give it some flavor, but it's soothing for them and it's soothing for their gums. And then when you're ready and they have teeth, you just slightly, you just move it up and down a little bit and they will ultimately learn to do that. Mm, That's a great tip. Okay. Now let's pretend that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. Now, this could be a book on any topic. Now, besides your book, Beauty's Dirty Secret, what is one book that you would choose? Any topic for every high school around the world. Oh boy. I was going to say mine. <laughs> that um, let's, let's pretend that is already in there because it absolutely should be. I mean, I feel like we need to have a class in early school on how to brush your teeth correctly. Oh, 100%. The one book, and I can't even think of the real title of it, but it's, and I can't remember who the author is because I read so many books, but how to get what you want. I don't even know if that's really the title of it, but how to get anything you want or how to get, it's about how to speak to people in a way that makes them want to do whatever you want them to do. And and not in a bad way, but it's a persuasive way of speaking because too many people, and especially children with all the texting and all the online stuff that we're doing, communication is so zero. Like there's not much communication anymore. And learning to communicate and uplift people to where they want to do things to help people, to me is extremely important. And one of the first things that you learn to do when you when you speak this way, I use this in business all the time. Occasionally, we've had times where, for instance, we really needed a delivery to be delivered by a certain date. And it was products or ingredients or something that we were really waiting on. And the company, the delivery company called and said, we can't get it there for another two weeks. And my shipping manager was on the phone, talked to them, uh, like, no way, they're not budging, they're not budging. So I called them up and I, I said, listen, you know, I understand if you can't do this. I 100% understand if you cannot make this happen. But if there's any way you could, I would totally appreciate it. And that did two things. By just saying that, 
number one, it got them off the hook and they knew I wouldn't be mad if they couldn't do it. Number two, I expressed how much I would appreciate them and no one feels appreciated. And the minute you do that and someone feels appreciated, it puts them into the sympathetic instead of the parasympathetic. No, I can't do this. No, no, no. And the three million reasons why it puts them into the, ah, I can probably do this. All I said was that. And he said, you know what? I think we can get this done. I was off the phone in about three minutes and we had our shipment and it's all in the way you speak to someone. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. Let's talk about how your day looks. I want to hear about your morning routine and all of your rituals and routines that you do when you eat, what you eat. Can you kind of talk us through a typical day in your life? Yeah, I get up in the morning. I have three kids. We homeschool our kids. I have three dogs, three cats. So we believe in threes. (laughs) Um, And and it's always very busy. So I wake up and my husband hates it because I hit snooze. But my snooze is really my early morning reset, my meditation moment of how am I going to get out of bed and how am I going to set my mind to conquer the day and whatever happens. So sometimes I hit snooze twice because I, you know, things are going and I just need that reset, but it really is my hit the snooze so that I can start my day in my head and get my mindset and do my meditation. And I get out of bed and I go, I make my coffee. I say good morning to the dogs. My boys are early risers. I have twin boys that are 11. They're early risers. So they're, they're usually up. And um, a lot of times I do coffee talk with my boys. They love coffee. They have been making coffee since they've been about six. And we do a little coffee talk in the morning. They know how to do every kind of coffee. We have an espresso maker. They know how to steam the milk. They know how to do pour overs. We've got a hand espresso. So we do that. And then I usually will take my shower. Sometimes I'll do a little workout, a little yoga session. I'll take my shower and get ready for work. And then I head into work. And or I'll have my breakfast. I either make a, a shake, a very healthy shake. Um, it's usually just berries, mixed berries, bone broth, and coconut milk. And I take my supplement, my breakfast supplements with that. I usually pack a lunch. My lunch is a lot of times just hard-boiled eggs. Sometimes it's a salad. I eat very light. I really believe that the body doesn't need much in nutrition when you're eating healthy. And we tend to supersize or overeat proportions and as well as um, the wrong type of food. So I keep my portions light. And then at night, when I do that for morning and lunch, I tend to eat a little bit more in the evening. I, I don't feel like that, you know, in the evening, if I want to eat a bigger meal and overindulge a little bit for portion size, I'm okay because I've kept myself pretty healthy or portion size in during the day. But, you know, my work day is typically around 9.30 in the morning until about five, six, seven at night. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're on 24-7 every day of the year. So I try to make sure that I have more than enough scheduled downtime because often enough, the downtime is uh, a project goes behind or, you know, an interview comes up last minute or something needs to be done. So I, I try to schedule an extra downtime so that when that happens, it's not like, oh, I don't have any me time. I love yoga. I love hot yoga. I try to do in the studio sessions as much as possible. 
And I work with my team very closely. I'm not hands-on doing the hands-on day-to-day, you know, making the products, shipping them. I do more of the coaching of my team, the advising and that kind of stuff. And I love that role. Uh, So I do that all day long. I love doing interviews like this, um, educating people. And then my evening, you know, as a family, we try to eat at least four or five nights a week together. My kids do martial arts with my husband. So a lot of times they eat earlier than us because they're doing martial arts all evening. But I love taking baths. I love to reset myself at night. Just that downtime. I try to put the devices away, you know, at least an hour before bed. And then I try to get in bed by 10 p.m., so that I get at least eight to nine hours of sleep. What's most amazing when you've ever done a sleep, you know, an app that just monitors your sleep, you think you're going to bed for eight hours and you're getting eight hours when you really only get six because you underestimate the amount of time that you're actually sleeping. So what I've realized is if I can get to bed for nine hours, I should get a solid seven and a half to eight hours of good sleep. And that's my day. And oh, last thing that I do that's really, that I love to do is I set myself up for success for the next morning. So a lot of people used to tell me, I used to get out of bed really early to work out. And I I sometimes still do that. But the biggest roadblock or challenge that people have with the next day is they didn't set themselves up for success at night. And so when I go to bed, no matter what it is I'm going to do in the morning, I'm going to get up to work out. I'm going to get up and be with my kids, whatever it is. I always tell myself the last thing I'm going to do before I go to bed is I'm going to tell myself how I'm going to wake up the next morning. So, oh my gosh, I'm going to get great sleep. I can't wait to get into deep sleep. And when I wake up, when my alarm goes off, I am going to wake up refreshed. I'm going to get out of bed to work out. I'm going to, I I set myself up and tell my, my brain and my body what is going to happen when that alarm goes off so that I can do it. But I give myself an out. So whenever I wanted to be able to get up to work out at five o'clock in the morning, when that alarm went off, I would get out of bed. But what I would tell myself is, because you're exhausted and you don't want to get out of bed, I always told myself, it's just these brain tricks. I just told myself that I'll give myself five minutes. And if I'm so exhausted, five minutes into my workout, I am allowed to stop and go back to bed. And I never stopped because once you're doing it, you're into it. So I make sure that I always set myself up for success and give myself an out. Mm, I love that. So awesome. Okay. I've got another three quick rapid fires for you. Are you ready? Yep. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? This one goes back to what I did with my kids and understand the difference between not food and food. So when I was teaching my kids when they were really young, when I take them grocery shopping and you know how kids always want this, they want this, they want this, they want this. And I shopped at really good, you know, health food stores, but you know, it was always, you know, the cookies. And even though they are supposed to be healthy cookies, they're still cookies. So what I taught my kids and what I used for myself is what is real food? I define that for my kids. Whenever we picked up an apple and I told them, this is real food. This is real food. Broccoli is real food. The meat chicken, this is real food. But whenever they pick something up that was packaged or even if it's semi-healthy, but it's not natural, I said, just understand that's not food. That's not food. And so one day we were getting, we were in line and my kids wanted some sort of bar. And I told my daughter, I said, no, you can't have that because that's not food. 
Or I told her, you can have that, but you have to understand that's not food. I don't remember what I told her exactly. And she goes, oh, okay, mom, then I don't want it. And the person behind me was like, what did you just do? And I just, I explained to her, I told her it's not food. So she can eat it if she wants, but it's not food. It's not going to nourish her body. So in my kids' minds, I completely separated what is nutrition and what is not nutritious. And today my kids eat very healthy. They'll have the occasional not food, but they know it's not food because food nourishes your body. I love that because saying this is healthy and this is not healthy is kind of setting them up for a little bit of an unhealthy relationship with food. So instead of labeling this is healthy, this is not healthy, I like that where you just say that's food and that's actually not food. Or going back to, you know, did this grow on the land or would our great, 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 great grandmothers recognize this thing? So yeah, I love that. That's a great tip. Yeah. And it, gives them the ability to still indulge if they want. Because even for dessert, when we go out for dessert, you know, they know that it's not food. So you have to eat the good stuff. And if you're going to eat that, just know it's, it's not nourishing your body. You can have it if you want it. You just have to know how not food makes you feel the next day. So the next day when they would feel like crap, I'd be like, huh, let's think about what we ate. What did you have last night? Oh, I ate not food. Oh yeah, the not food probably got you. And they would say, oh my gosh, the not food got me today. So it's 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 a fun way to make it so it's not a punishment that they can't have that, but they really can separate what is healthy, how to formulate healthy meals as opposed to just eating anything because it looks like it's healthy. And it gives them the power to make the choice. You're giving the power back to them and you, you're saying, okay, you can have that but you need to know that that is actually not real food. It's not real whole foods. And then they can make that decision. So I love that. That's a really great little tweak. And so you've got two twin boys that are 11. How old's your daughter? She's 13. And my daughter, she's an amazing human for 13. I don't know that I would have been able to do this at 13. But when she was just turning 13, so about seven months ago, she competes for martial arts. She does forms and she wanted to really hone in on training. And she decided she was going to give up sugar. And she gave up sugar and still to this day only eats sugar on special occasions and dessert. I mean, she'll have some fruit, but not much fruit. And I'm telling you her, she slimmed down. She wasn't overweight by any means. But when I mean slim down is she got trim and muscular without changing anything, but omitting sugar at the age of 13. It was unbelievable. And her willpower, just the way that she carries herself. I was blown away just in the change, just from that decision and following through with it. Mm, And I'm sure she felt better as well within herself. Oh, 100%. She knows. And she knows when she eats something, she can tell now how it affects her because she only does it occasionally. And she knows it's not true. So. Okay. Two more rapid fires. What is one thing that we can do today for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. I think that's really just taking time for yourself and your brain, you know, letting your brain, you know, like in the meditation and and some people don't like to think, you know, don't know how to meditate or don't know what to do, but you can't do it wrong. But just taking 10 or 20 minutes a day to just 
wind down and let your brain think about the possibilities. And I love to say manifest, like you've got to manifest. You've got to make some goals for yourself or what would you want to happen? You know, if there was money, wasn't an issue. If time wasn't an issue, you know, where you live, wasn't an issue. What would you want out of life? And just dream on that because the minute you manifest the universe has a way of making things happen. Uh, So I always tell people, you know, take a couple minutes every day and just manifest the life that you want or wish you could have because it's interesting what the universe will start to align when you put it out there. Absolutely. And what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Give it away. Just give it away and don't expect it back. Don't, don't expect people to like you, love you, care about you, do anything for you. Because the minute you drop that expectation and you just give it away, it's amazing how people respond differently and how open your heart is. Absolutely. This has been so amazing. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about? that we haven't spoken about? Oh, no. Thank you for all those questions. It was, it was an amazing experience. I've done so many interviews and your technique and your questions, you know, they're great. They're awesome. So I so appreciate that. And I just want people to know that no matter where you are today, and you know, if some of the stuff that I said might have, you know, scared you a little bit or made you stop and think, oh my gosh, I've been doing it wrong. It's not your fault. And don't worry about it. Everything is fixable. 100% everything is fixable. There's always a solution. And, you know, I gave you solutions for your mouth. It's all fixable inside your mouth. But even in your life, everything is fixable. Everything is. And actually, there's another book. I think it's called Everything is Fixable. And I can't think of her name as the author, but she talks about exactly what I'm saying is, you know, no matter how bad the situation is, there's always a way to get yourself out of it or at least come to terms with it so it doesn't affect you in the way that you're making or it's affecting you now at this moment. Beautiful. This has been so amazing. If I didn't have a hard stop right now to go and breastfeed, I would stay on here and chat to you for another three hours, but we both have to jump off. I want to ask you one last question. You help so many people with their health, especially their oral health, but in all areas of health. You give so much. You serve so many people. How can I and the listeners give back and serve you today? Oh, you're amazing. Thank you. I guess the best thing is word of mouth and influence is so incredibly powerful. And we as humans don't realize how much influence and impact we can have on other people. So just sharing your podcast, this interview with at least one person and giving them the opportunity to understand the control that they have over their own health and their own destiny. So just sharing it with one person, influencing your children to just be the best people that they can be and giving them the tools like this. You know, if you have great dental health, 
the chances of you having disease goes drastically down. I'm not lying when I say dental cavities and gum disease is 100% preventable. 100%. And that's on the ADA website. I'm not making that up because it sits, you know, it suits my business. That's the truth. It's on the website. 100% preventable. Give that gift away. Don't hold it to yourself. That's the best ask I can give. Yeah, absolutely. This has been so awesome. I have loved chatting with you. You have inspired me so much to take my oral health to the next level. I'm going to chat to my husband about everything and we are going to do your protocol to the T. I'm so excited. Thank you for creating these amazing products. Do you ship worldwide? Oh, we do. Yes, absolutely. We ship worldwide. There are some places that right now, because of COVID, it's difficult to ship to, and we have to do it through certain avenues like FedEx and stuff like that. But we do ship worldwide. And I do have to say that I enjoyed 100% mouthing off with you. Oh, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I just absolutely love you, your products and your work. So thank you so much for sharing everything with us today. And we'll link to all of your products, everything, your book, everything in the show notes for people to go get, as well as that amazing, generous discount that people can get when they purchase your products. So we'll link to all of that in the show notes. But thank you again so much for being here. Thanks, Melissa. I don't know about you, but I am incredibly inspired to take my oral health to the next level. I'm going to do her 60-day detox protocol starting today, and I'll let you know how it goes. And if you got a lot out of this episode, and if you feel inspired to take your oral health to the next level, which in turn means your overall health, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will just pop up in your feed like magic so that you never have to go searching for them. And come and tell me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini what you got from this episode. I absolutely love connecting with you. I love hearing from you and I love supporting you. So come and connect with me over there. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, I think everyone, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.